process is Black and White, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Hey, so I got like a two-parter here. The first one, we'll get this out of the way quick. So I've heard the word probably a thousand times. Never really knew what it meant. It, and it's in relation to the book. And I never really knew what it meant. Um, but you, but I heard it be used in so many different contexts, at least I thought. But do you know the definition of a nymphomaniac? Yeah, it's like a sex addict, right? Yeah, but do you know, like, it, its origin, or I guess, I don't know if you call it origin, whatever it is, it was born out of, like, women? Like, it was specifically a term used for, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's for women. Like, like it's for women. It's, like, a, a female sex addict. Yeah. I don't know if there's a word for a male sex addict. Like, I, I don't know. I looked I it up. So. Yeah, like, I was, like, looking it up, and I was, like, I always, I knew it, because I've heard it used. I don't even know if I've ever, I even thought it was sexual. I thought it, I, I think before I looked it up, I thought it was just, like, somebody who, like, just enjoyed, like, risk or, like, danger or whatever. I think oh, that okay. was, like, my, in my head, just off context right. with the definition I thought it was. And then when I looked it up, like Webster's definition, it is it is totally. I just had it. It was uh, totally about it's it's a woman with uncontrollable or excessive sexual desire. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's you're having a moment that I'm not having. You know what I mean? Because like. I've sort of this has been there for me. Right? Yeah, but it's just so it's sexist as hell, yo. Oh no, dude, dude. <laughs> everybody forgets the world was like terrible like 70 yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, you know what I'm doing what I I'm doing what I kind of do to my wife. You're doing to me what I kind of do to my wife where I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, the world's crazy. Okay. Moving on to the next thing. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? <laughs> and 70 years ago it was just like it was completely outrageous. Yeah. I guess I just didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant. I, I knew it meant something like, you know, like somebody who like Who's a, is obsessive, you yeah. know what I mean? You know, uncontrollable. uncontrollable. Like you, you had some yeah. of the words associated, but you didn't like know that it was specifically <laughs> for like women in like a, yeah, a sexist word that was like, yeah. this is what we say to women that are like, yeah. 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 Women who, who basically who, like a, a husband can't please pretty much. Or whatever, and, like just you know, like, yeah, yeah, like 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 that's probably where it's born from. Like, oh yeah. no, she's you know I can't satisfy my wife. It's clearly she has some type of illness. Well, they would, and then to... they would cut their parts of their brain out. Like yes. that was the very next move. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> clearly, it's not me. Clearly, they were, oh, <laughs> clearly she has some uncontrollable desires. That yeah, she must be crazy. No let's let's cut part of her brain out. And like yeah. that was like our solution to. You know, people that didn't fit in like the 
in the nice narrow middle. It was like, yeah. so they're crazy. Yeah. Let's give them a disease and stick them and cut part of their brain out. That was, yeah. that was our solution. Ego. And the further you go back, the ego <laughs> on these on people was crazy. Yeah. All right. So that was one part. The other thing that I, I, my question for you, or I guess that was sort of a question, but so I'm coming to terms in my, in my regular day-to-day career, starting to realize like everybody's not going to be a superstar. So let's talk about it in basketball terms, something we both connect or it's baseball sports period. Sure. You know, you have your stars you know, like Dalmari has this philosophy. You get two stars, and then you build around those two stars with, you know, um, role players that do the dirty work, dog-like players, 3 and D guys, basically, right? And in life, I don't know about you, but I don't really view it that way, life itself. Like, I kind of have this idea that if we're on a team – I'm more like like Belichick. Like, if we're on a team, everybody's a star in their role. Everybody's a superstar in their role. And so I'm like, I might have some lofty expectations when it comes to, like, expectations of engagement. You know what I mean? When it comes to certain players on the team. Um, you know, I want Cork Mines to, like, buy in the defense sure. and really, like, Really give him, giving it his all. Like, I want him, like, obsessing over defense. And I'm starting to learn it, like, that's, it's not the case. Even in life, that's, I guess, not the case. Like, there's going to be a Cork Mize who just wants to shoot threes and doesn't want to do anything else or, or not capable or whatever it is. Even in life, that scenario. I never, I always thought that, you know, life, when it comes to like the stuff that we do, like sports is talent. And that's why some of those guys just aren't able to get it done. But life is like, just want to and will, you know? Yeah. I think you forget Thomas Sowell's book, right? Cause like that, he made like a couple of good points, but one of the like ones that I like try to take with me all the time is that, you know, things are not evenly distributed in nature ever. Mm. So you shouldn't expect things to be evenly distributed. And that doesn't mean that that's an excuse or that people should give up or not strive, right? None of those things are, it's not a judgment about anything, right? It's mm-hmm. just an observation that like some places are more fertile for farming than others. Right. And like, some places have more of this than other places. Like, that's just kind of the way it works. And so, and and none of those things mean anything on their own. They're just facts, right? And so, the fact is, like, we were talking before the, the show that, like, I reached out to this customer. And maybe he's a great customer. Maybe he's not. It's too soon to tell any of that information, right? But um, one of the things I need to keep in mind is that, like, this might not be a good alpha customer, right? Like I'm in a very early stage of my application and it's not about, it's always about making money, but it's not about making money. It's about having a customer who's going to be able to communicate what their needs are so that I can build a generalized product for multiple people, right? Um, 
And that's not every customer because the distribution of customers is only going to, the people who are good at alpha is only going to be over here. And in your regular job, right? The distribution of people that are good enough to, you know, meet the base expectations for your store generally, and then meet the areas where like, Hey, this person is a, is a valuable asset in this part of the store, right? Or they, they achieve in this area that we need achievement, right? Or they're willing to grow in this other area. That's not evenly distributed. You're going to find people that are just unwilling to do that, disinterested in doing that, incapable of doing that. All those words are, are reasonable and possible. You know? So I'm in, I'm in a spot now where I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I navigate that? Because one of the things that you, you, you've worked for where, where I'm working at and you understand that like one of the biggest things in there is like we, from a leadership standpoint, part of the things that we want to do is take care of the people. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? And we, and it's, and it's really an, a, a company that, you know, from the store level, there's a lot of give, 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 you know, and there, there's that rare amount of take that is expected from the leadership standpoint. It, it's mostly give. Yeah. And a lot of the times because of that, the trap that happens is you start to give to people that's undeserving of the amount of giving that, you know, you end up doing, you know what I mean? And not to name names, but we know those people who abuse the mess out of the kind heartedness of the type of company that it is. Um, But like, for instance, yourself, you know, you understood the relationship of the give and the take the, Hey, I'm going to have my last hour on register every day. I'm going to be able to work by 5 a.m., be home by 1.30 every day. I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Like, you you got all of that. How do you yeah, handle so, some, someone? So to, to reference it, to kind of, like, put a pin on it, when I decided that I wanted to learn sophomore engineering, I worked at Trader Joe's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Maybe it was, it might have been, fr- I think it actually it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I worked those four days, and I worked from 4 a.m. to 1. Uh so I basically, and I always worked those same days. So I had three days off, which allowed me like enough time to really focus on learning. But I was also giving to the store like, hey, I want this pretty set schedule. I want these things for me. And I, in return, in exchange, I'm going to work these shifts that are hard to fill. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, but that that part's missing. We're in this yeah. space now where even more than before i don't know if it's just the way that the world's kind of changed over the last two years you know but we're in a space now where less people are willing to do that and more people are like no i deserve this like this is what i deserve and i'm and i'm starting to try to figure out like to navigate that one of the things i did wrong is i left myself too thin where i needed every hour so it was kind of like whatever hour you can give you know was needed but going forward i'm trying to figure out a way like how do you engage everybody at least at a base level you know what i mean like how do you engage everybody at least at a base level like the board the thing that can't happen is i come in i just punch the clock and i go home because it's not it's just not that type of business because we don't just go do the work shut up and go home 
You know what I mean? Like our end of it is we're going to give, we're going to try and have parties and, you know, we're going to give you a raise every six months. We're going to, you know what sure. I mean? Like we're, we're doing, we're going to give. So we can't have the mentality of go home, come in, punch the clock, go home. Yeah, well, it's also not the environment you're trying to create, right? Like you're trying to create exactly. a fun teamwork environment that's like nobody's nobody's goal in life when they when they woke up and was like, this is what I'm going to do, right? Like mm. nobody was like this. I want to put these cans on these shelves, right? Like that was never the goal. However, lots of people share the common goal of like, if this is what I'm doing for now, I want to do it well. And, and I want to have a good what, time doing that it, and I it. want to share. Like that's a that's the goal that you're trying to succeed at. Yes, that is it. Tough but that's time. a hard one. It's hard. <laughs> I wish I had an answer because no, you know we would probably both be really yeah. wealthy if we did. Right? Yeah. I think the way that I I, I want to approach it, and as I go into this next year, is that I think the only answer is keep hiring, keep hiring, and that comes with, unfortunately, that approach might come with you know a having a few too more too many than what you need but then that gives you power and hey i can have the people that i want here when i want them here you know yeah, what i mean i, mean? I think like i think also like continue being you know like one of the things that I, I i've been fortunate enough to work with you right and then obviously we have this show like one of the things that you're really good at is being like honest and um like clear right so just mm. be like, this is what I'm looking for. And just always, you know, just like you have like the regular mantras of like, it just make it a mantra, which is like, you know, we're looking for people who are willing to make some, you know, make some sacrifices so that we can help them achieve their goals, right? Like willing, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know how to like wrap yeah. that up in a nice way. I'm yeah. sure you'll be good at that because it's yeah. one of the things that you're good at, right? But yeah. Like you're looking for people who are going to work the weekend so that they can get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off so that they can achieve their larger goal Uh, or people who are willing to, you know, put on a big, uh, a bright face when they don't feel like it because their goal is to, uh, you know, do a great job at the, you know what I mean? Like whatever that is, like that willingness, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and I think from the door, the thing that we're doing as we continue to hire going around is establishing what we want from the door as a culture. Like, this is what we want. Everybody is engaged at this minimal level, meaning everybody becomes a section leader to some degree. Everybody does at some minimal level. This is what we're asking. And, and you know, are you willing to be a part of that type of culture? And that way, when you're not down the road, there's an understanding that. Well, why would you want to be there? You know, like you'll create an environment. That's the goal, right? Like create the environment. Exactly. Where you have so many people that are engaged Mm -hmm. that the people who aren't engaged, they're like, you know, this isn't the, I'm not enjoying this, right? Like, I mean, I'm currently at a fit, a job fit, right? That's a bad culture fit for me, right? And I'm trying to leave because I'm like, oh. This isn't a place for me, right? Mm-hmm. Not the, I'm not judging them. Like they got their own thing and they're into it, and I, I'm, I don't have any judgment. Like it's not my job to judge them. It's my job to be happy for me, right? So when I'm in a place that's bad for me, I'm just like, oh, let me, let me get out of here and go somewhere else. And that's mm-hmm. what you want to create that that same environment where people naturally want to succeed or pitch in, 
you know, and you're willing to, I know you, so you're willing to say people can succeed on the level that is appropriate for them, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and then, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because not everybody's the same and you're cool with that. Exactly. But I just, the people who don't want to succeed, yeah, they, they you want them to naturally want to go somewhere else, which they will. Yep, totally, totally. All right, we, we just finished the book, man. What what were your thoughts? Dude, it was wild. It yeah, was wild. It, it, he went back. We, we, we kind of ended up back in the uh, jazz, you know, percussion-like. Uh, Very much, yeah. The yeah, last, last two chapters were like rhythmic in the same way that the fight scene was in the very beginning. Yes, yes. Like where you were like, what is going on? Is this real? Is this not real? Um. Yeah, and then like the pro, the epilogue, the the like the when when you go back, the very first thing out of his mouth is he's like, well, that's the story, or at least that's my version of the story, and you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> so you even know that you're that you're telling a story that is true, but is your version and is maybe full of some half truths. Man, there's a lot. There was a lot in there. Yeah, there was a lot, and there was, you know, what I'm learning about myself is that I think movies have ruined endings. Because you know, in a movie, everything ends and gets placed in this very, like, very nice and cookie cutter location. Put a little bow. Put on a it. bow on it. Exactly. <laughs> Novels don't have bows. Not good ones. They just kind of like. Uh, I'm done writing. Moving on. Well, a little bit, but also like it makes you like that's the whole point, right? Like examine. All right, Vernon. Put yourself through that. Like, who are you if you put yourself in his feet, right? Like, if you live his life and you think about the world that he experienced, like, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense? It like challenges you in a different way. Whereas, like. You know, a movie doesn't challenge you. It gives you a satisfying end, which yes. is nice, but it's a different experience, you know? Totally. I, I you know, I kind of, yeah, it was weird because I guess I'd imagine it was a riot. You know, there were riots in Harlem in the 50s. So I guess they're talking about that particular time of the riots in Harlem, um, you know, is what I'm what I'm assuming. Is what it's based on this book here, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because last week we talked about race and its place in the book, you know, and this week my stance is like these last couple of chapters, it was it was the forefront, it yeah. was the conversation these last couple of chapters, it kind of shifted to like, almost felt like we were. Trayvon Martin, you know, hoodies. Yeah, no, it was like it was it was a central character as opposed to sort of being a background theme. Mm -hmm. It it became a central character for sure. Yeah. And it and it then kind of became and maybe it was written to be that way, because in the beginning, it was very much a central theme. And then once he got in the Harlem and he started ascending him, you know, he started ascending himself. Um it really moved to the back burner. And I think that was the point of Ralph Ellis's story is that when you think you're being seen, what you realize, 
or at, at least at that time, what he realized is that he wasn't being seen. He was just being used. And it was, you know what I mean? Like, he was being used. You know, he wasn't actually, they didn't actually care what his thoughts were. You know, and, and to a degree, he kind of knew it because half of the things he did, he just made up. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, but I think he, that's where the narcissist that kicks in, where I think he just thinks he was that brilliant that even his bullshit was like earth shattering. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it was an interesting end because he kind of woke up himself in these last couple of chapters well, and I think like, started to realize. No, no. I, I, it, I think one of the things like that was interesting is that the more successful he got, the, uh, Ooh, that was an interesting observation, right? Definitely the the more, like the the like general racism in the book sort of pushed itself towards the back, like mm-hmm. of the uh, 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 as a background theme or whatever. Um, and so so that's interesting, right? That like there's this sort of like inverse relationship between the importance of race and success, right? And then the entire sort of like. I don't know if downfall is the right word, but like the, the break in the book, the, the change in the book is like a hundred percent race stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. his collapse from a, the top guy is purely race stuff. And then, so no matter how much success he had, this one thing that was sort of a background character that seemed like it was gone, reared its head and then just pulled him down. And all the way down, right? So far mm-hmm. that he's like in a hole, right? <laughs> it's, uh, and I would say the message from the book, just kind of understanding where the writer's coming from um, with this book. It's really, there, there, there's movies been made and all of that where, and it's even the way that people think about go to Joe Frazier, you know, in his career. The only way to be able to be seen or feel like you're being seen is to think like, you know, unlike the, you know, think more like them, you know, is what he was, what, what kind of the message of the book was, mm-hmm. you know, the only way to be seen, you know, is to act less black, be less black. You know what I mean? Which is what you would say, what I would say, after finishing and wrapping up the whole book, that was what felt like the message that Ralph Ellis was trying to get across in this book, and especially during that time, was that, yeah, you can have money, success, women, all of these things. Power. Power, essentially, or at least the belief that you have power. Sure. Um, But it only comes if you're willing to align yourself you know, and share the thoughts of, of you know, um, the brotherhood, which is basically was kind of more, you know, at least in this book, white guys really trying to help. But essentially the way that he saw it is that at the, in the end of it all, it really was white guys trying to control the black race, whether it was dollars, whether it was, they talked a lot political, so it could have been the black vote. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever it was, 
there was some control there that they were trying to get in uh out of well it was there it was it was there it was the brotherhood's agenda right like yeah. it was it was well if you take this community and put it and, and put our agenda on it then we're good mm-hmm. but if you try to take this community and bring its agenda into our agenda like no no <laughs> Yeah. Which was that you know like I think that that was a neat trick by him to be like uh, it's the it's the brotherhood like he didn't explicitly say oh it's it's this you know or Republicans yeah. or Democrats or mm-hmm. communists or you know whatever he was like it's the brotherhood so it was it was unclear and he did make him. it politics and science which covers all bases you yeah know, like exactly. you were even talking about oh it's political or you were talking about the science of it. So, you know, it was covering all bases and it let you know that it was like, you know, it was more to it than just we're trying to get, you know, people from not getting kicked out of their housing. Like, even though that was where we started and the introduction of the brotherhood was, it was way bigger than that. You know, it was way bigger than that. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't a priority. Unless it was serving their. Yeah. needs right like when yes. it was when it was the hey you're you know you're taking these this group of people that's riled up about getting kicked out of their houses and you can turn them towards our ideals exactly Great. yep but as soon as it's not what we want or it's like yeah. not right eh, we don't care anymore yep same thing with the women and he also showed you with the, women. with the women yep he showed you like oh th- this is not they're not just a black organization, a brotherhood of black organization. They're brotherhood of, you know, they're everybody. They're looking for any marginal community. They were, they had some type of representative in that marginal community. Yep. You know, because at the end of the day, if it's about politics, even the marginal community at that point in time got a vote. You know. Yeah, and that, that was part of the that was part of the bamboozle that they were going. For. It, dude, it was a very it was very interesting. And then also, like, do you think that even by the time he gets to the epilogue, that he has a sense of self and who he is and what he wants? Because I really don't. Well, I think the thing is, is and what's the the most interesting part about the book is that you don't like Rasta Destroyer or yeah, whatever yeah. Rasta Destroyer. Uh, yeah. He never gets trapped by the Brotherhood because Ross the Destroyer, like, really loves. He knows what he wants. Yes, but he also loves himself so much, without question. The black race, you know, black. You know what I mean? Like, he loves. That's why when you go back, and it's like, he would never kill me. He loves his people too much, right? And then you have this character who every step of the way, even going to his grandfather, even his own family, was very much trying to separate himself from the black culture. So when it was time to meet the Brotherhood, oh, he was like, absolutely. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. You know what I mean? Until he woke up. Until he realized that, oh, oh, they're just using. But even at the end, I don't know if he really care, ever cared or ever decided if he truly cared 
about the community of Harlem or if he was just speaking, you know, what he heard at barbershops and bars and really didn't care at all about any of that stuff on a personal level. Or like had a sense of self at all. Like it, it seems like he just didn't know what he wanted the whole time. The whole yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, part of being the invisible man. I think he it was can't... a huge, he's invisible yeah. even to himself. Like self, that's yeah, he can't that. see himself. Yeah, totally. I agree. He could not see himself. He he definitely, yeah, he definitely did not truly know what he wanted. No, no idea. And like, it it does add this interesting layer of like, one of the things that I think that this book is trying to say is that like, if you're not, if you don't have a thing, if you don't have a North Star, like if you're not trying to go somewhere, you'll get picked. Like, you'll get picked up by like by this group that's like oh we can use your we can use your stuff you know maybe it's your anger your energy your whatever right like we can use that because you don't have any central guiding goals or principles like that's i think another theme happening in the book right totally because he didn't make any choices the whole book it just he just kept having things happen to him and being like well i guess i'm Hanging out with this drunk lady now. Nah, that's totally it, man. That's totally, totally it. That That is part of, you know, being invisible. Probably the, like, inverse version of, of the invisible man. Like, can you even see yourself? Do you know who you are? You know what I mean? Like, who are you? Not just do they know who you are, but who are you? Yeah, because he's the swayed man. He was swayed by the brotherhood. He was swayed by the college. He, you know, like whatever yeah. push, whatever was pushing him in a direction, that's the direction he went. You know, and not even in, not even in like, hey, oh, he's open. This dude really wants to learn. He likes to like, you know, like like get information. He wants to talk and and learn about all these other cultures and people and boom, like it's not even that. It's not. It's not that. It's literally he's just like hoping that. Whatever he, whatever this next thing is, it's going to be his lottery ticket to power and fame. And that, that, like that, literally was even the. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, take him everywhere where he wants to go, um, you know, and uh, and and maybe he'll like find me a job or give me a internship or when yeah. he first met uh, what was the what was the old man name? The, uh, yeah, but the guy that gives him the, the to New York or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that I can't ends up, his name Yeah, that he took took on the on the the the, the wrong side of town. Yep. You know, like he whole time he was thinking like, oh, if I do this, he might like, you know, set me up for life. You know, and and he just really didn't know what he wanted, man. I totally agree. Dope at the end that he ends up running into him, right? Yeah. At the very end. Yeah, I mean, I this is one of those books that like it seems like you could read it four or five times and like write down all the stuff that happens and sort of see the different like callbacks and stuff like that in the book and the timings of things. Cause I didn't exactly know what was going on there, but the biggest thing that was going on there is that he was broken at that point, right? Like he was just Mm -hmm. completely broken, but he had an appreciation that there was nothing that that man could offer him. Mm. And so like, Maybe that's growth for him. You know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. from from where he was at least, right? But he was always looking for some somebody to give him the keys. Ha, you know, pick him, solve the here, you're you're fixed. Do this now. You know. Yeah. It's a weird it's weird. Yeah. All right, man. So So what did you week... think overall like like 8 of oh, 10, it... 10 of 10? Oh, the where... book. Yeah. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed the book, man. I really did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I would say, I would say, if I had to break the story and a plot, it's an older book, so like, you know, it was it was similar to. I would say it's just as good as East of Eden to me. Um, you know, I think with some of those some of the older books, you know, it has a pace. That like it's kind of like watching an older film, you know what I mean? Where like it, some of the stuff I guess I'm not used to, as well. You know, some of it, it even just the context, the the way that they speak, different things like that, the dialect is a little bit different. But it's fun because it takes you to a time different from the one you're in. So I like that part about it. Um, it was a it was a book that, uh, just like East of Eden, had multiple storylines. And would yeah. kind of leave, and I, that part—I mean, it's just a part of books, and it's all to tell a story, and to have you have it all culminate at the end. So I understand it, but I don't know. I like the straight plot, you know. But all the books that we've read that are novels did that, you know, with the exception of um, the the uh, the um, the one with the boy, and. Uh, Oh, why can't I remember the name of it? You know what I'm. You know what I mean. The, uh, no. They were looking for the. Uh, the oh, the the alchemist. Alchemist, goodness gracious! Yeah, the yeah. alchemist. The alchemist was pretty much a straight line. It was one one storyline took you through his individual journey. There weren't yeah. really much happening on the outsides of that. Correct. Um, it was just straight. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I like the book. I mean, I guess. I haven't read enough books to know if it's a 10 out of 10, but definitely high rankings for me. Yeah. I mean, it's considered a, you know, great American novels. So you got to assume the high rankings that you're giving it are probably right on. Yeah. So, um, all right. So next up we're going to do Emma, which is going to be wild. It's like, it's super long also, by the way, just as a heads up. Got you. Got you. So, um, I don't know. I haven't downloaded it yet, so I haven't like looked at the chapters or whatever. But figure we want to try to get like two and a half hours down for the first round. Um, and this should be interesting. It's a you know, it's considered a classic. It's considered a comedy. So I'm in, and it's like you know from the 1800s. So I'm interested to see how we do mm. doing this book. That's like I would say as far as far out as we could possibly go. So should be an interesting yes. adventure. Definitely a challenge for sure. <laughs> All right, you got anything? You, quick updates for the? I know we both got to go to work, so any quick updates for? Uh... Nah, man. Thing, uh-huh. Things are. Uh, we're just figuring, you know, doing what we've been doing. Cool. I just just had another little, small little, practice cooking and for large crowds again, just to see, you know, and getting better there, learning some techniques, you know, that might work. Stuff like that, but um, yeah, nothing's really changed for us yet. Cool. Yeah, same. Uh, same for me. I did have that that customer, so 
I'm going to see if I can like try to get a second customer this week. Uh, keep keep kind of responding to him, see if I can get him to get on board. Uh, and then we'll see. You know, who, who knows how it'll go, but, uh, you know, that's that's part of it, right? So selling the thing is, is I guess, what I'm focused on. So, All right, man. Yeah. Well, uh, where right. can people find us? They can find us at theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Or they can search us on our social media platforms at The Process is Black and White, and we'll pop right up. All right, man. Talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week, man.